0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 148 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. 148. Uh, Now, most Australians would know Mark Ocalupo, former world surfing champion. yeah, very very well known guy um inside the surfing world and arena and uh, what he's been able to achieve uh as a professional surfer um so when he uh was uh, I suppose just on the scene as a young fellow and then sort of uh you know sort of lapsed into some uh, some poor mental health and drugs and so forth and uh, come back out um uh, made a comeback and ended up winning the world uh, title in nineteen ninety nine so. Um, Mark's had a pretty amazing journey and I'm very very grateful to have him on for a chat here about uh, about his life and his journey but also about men's health and mental health and um, now what uh, what it is to be able to you know create an environment and an ecosystem for us to be uh to be physically and mentally well and surfing is a certainly a great way to do that you know but it also can have its ups and downs particularly if you're doing it professionally and uh, for a living so we're going to talk about that you know when the enjoyment sort of come out of surfing for Mark and when it become more about performing and money and all those sorts of things and. Um, Everything else in between. So yeah, really uh hope you enjoy this chat. It's gonna be pretty uh pretty profound and inspirational for many, I think. So please uh share this with others and um, I appreciate your feedback if you can email me, support at Just want to make special mentions to green nutritionals who support the podcast. So if you're lacking something in your diet, uh check out their website, they provide uh, green organic superfoods which are sourced from the best places around the world. And uh, Pretty profound and uh, and and um, very very good quality. So I really encourage you to support them. greennutritionals.com.au. dot com Alrighty. Uh, thanks for listening in. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. G'day, Mark. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Russ, how you going, mate? Ah, uh, awesome. I really appreciate you. Yeah, um, yeah no, tuning in, <laughs> having a yak, mate. So good work. So we're yeah. Uh, I
1: haven't done a. I haven't done a whole lot of podcasts. I actually used to have my own little podcast going before COVID, but. Uh, yeah, I haven't done uh, too many myself. <laughs> mate, this
0: could be good motivation to get it up and going again.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going
0: on for you now, mate? You're down the Gold Coast at the present time.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I, um, I've got an apartment on the beach at Rainbow Bay. I've been here for about oh, five, six years. I look over Snapper Rock, so oh, I've got beautiful. a really nice place. Yep. Uh, I've got four children, um, mm-hmm. two elder, two younger. Um, um. I, I uh, have a partner that I've had two kids with. We've got nine kids between us. So unreal. So we um. So we have got two places. I, we both use each other's place to kind of have the kids, and it's one kind of. It's like a moving. You know, no one's ever. <laughs> we've never got the same numbers every night. We've, you know some nights we stay together she stays here, sometimes I stay with her, sometimes the kids stay with me, sometimes they stay with her. Mm. And it's always different numbers. So it's one of those lives. It's always exciting, never a dull moment.
0: That's good, mate. And um, yeah, look, uh, as long as you've got variety, that's the main thing. It sort of keeps you on your toes at the end of the day. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, I mean, the little ones do. And the eldest one, um, you know, is starting to go on the qualifying, uh, the World Qualifying Series now. He's quite yeah. a good surfer and, um, yeah, so uh, you know, um, you know, it's exciting times, really. The little ones, just yeah, my little five-year-old's just starting to. I'm back in the shore break, you know, put, put, pushing him in like, like I like I did with my two other mm. eldest boys, you know, mm. and um, so uh, yeah, but uh, doing lots of surfing myself actually. So I surf, my partner surfs, and um, most of the whole family surf. So, uh, mm. so it's um we actually you know if we all go out together we're an instant crowd actually but um <laughs> but uh you know it's hard to get everyone together these days you know everyone's doing something.
0: Well, that's true, mate. We we might need to get you up to Agnes because you won't have to fight for waves up here as much. Um, yeah, down there you would, I reckon.
1: Yeah, you know what? I have been up there a couple of times and I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. it'd be nice uh, a nice place to stop in. You know, actually you know to make the drive up to um to work where i work up at um you know at surf lakes there so uh
0: yeah
1: i always fly i never drive but um one of these days if i do drive i'm definitely going to stop into agnes That's waters
0: it. we might hold you to that we'll uh we'll see Yeah, so can get to get, get that happening down the track mate so can you um take us back to like you know your, your sort of your, your life as a young fellow? you must have got into surfing pretty early on did you when it was Pretty much a part of your life from from an early age.
1: Yeah, well, it was. You know, I mean, um, it's funny. My parents didn't surf, but uh, but I was lucky enough to. Um, I think I, you know, I grew up with three uh, three elder sisters, and one. Um, I think it was one afternoon. Um, uh, my elder sister had a boyfriend that surfed, and I I had to go on his board just um, in Kernel in Botany Bay where. The waves, they're only small, you know, they only get waves in there when there's a big swirl that comes through their heads. And, um, mm. oh, my first wave was about a one-foot wave and I stood up all the way to the beach and I was hooked. Jeez. You know, I was only about man. five years old then, so, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, was, I, I started my kids earlier than that, but, um, but you know, I was probably five or six, but I was hooked straight away and, I, you know, from then on you couldn't get me out of the water really uh yeah i started pretty young
0: mm, incredible mate you, you you're pretty fortunate to be able to have have that in your backyard and to be able to sort of pick up something like that pretty uh pretty early in your life you know and i suppose you you um you went through the ranks and then sort of uh then sort of started to become a little bit more um interested in doing it professionally is that right
1: yeah that's correct i mean i, I um back in the day then you know we are. Uh, everyone didn't really go all the way to year 12 you know it was um the people that were leaving at year 10 were were mates of mine that you know that uh, were usually going into a a trade you know and um if it wasn't with their parents you know it was uh with a connection you know if they were either a, you know a um a chippy or a metal worker or whatever you know there was a fair few of my mates that left school at year 10 but i actually left school at year 10 to to go on the tour, you know, mm, I um shit. in my last couple of years in school, I was taking a lot of time off to go in from um, to go in competitions, um and doing quite well. Um, you know, uh, there was uh a couple of big events around that I um that came into Granola, um where I grew up, um uh, and you know, and i have done well in those big events and um. And as soon as I left Year Ten, yeah, I, I was pretty much on tour. Billabong were um, were really good, you know. They rolled the dice with me. I remember way back in the day. I was only about sixteen, um, kind of just left school, and uh, I went into my manager's office. It was right in the centre of Sydney, actually. Um, he, yeah, uh, um, uh, he had a management company and his offices were right at the centre of the city. I remember the day I went in there and um, and we called Gordon Merchant, the founder of Billabong, who I had, <coughs> had met before. He probably didn't remember me, but I was like a little, tiny little kid. I think he came into a shop in Cronulla um, to show his range. You know, he, he used to go and do it on his own back then and show his new range for summer or winter or whatever it was. And... Mm. I remember meeting him, and um, I think he said he vaguely remembered me. I I was only probably 13, 14 at the time. Um, But, uh, you know, after that, you know, when we called him, he he had noticed, heard of me doing kind of good in some events. You know, no no huge uh, success, really. Just, you know, some good results here and there, and, um, you know... uh, well, um, he just rolled the dice with me and um, when, you know, we asked him that, you know, I wanted to go on tour and I think he asked how much it, it, it'd be, you know, and back then it was, I think we asked her like $40,000 or something for the whole year. And, mm. you know, Billabong wasn't a big company back then, but um it was getting there. And uh, he said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And I, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> and, um, and before you know it, I was on tour. And uh, the first place I went to was South Africa. And I uh, had um, and 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 had a really good event there, and um, uh, I think I um, yeah, I had a win over there my first time there, I think, and um, Jeez. in Durban, and um, then um, went down to Jeffreys Bay. I think I had a win down there too, and and uh, and then yeah, it's just uh, it was pretty, you know, bad times really. I mean, back then. There was a competition pretty much every weekend. Um, uh, You know, we'd be travelling and following summer all around the world. You know, we'd go to the US, to California in their summer. And Mm. I had some big success there over there in the US Open at Huntington Beach. Uh, Gordon ended up travelling with me, um, showing his range around the world and, um, and, uh, you know, kind of... you know, getting reps. You know, and um, just building the brand. And as he was doing that, I was having a lot of success in events, which kind of worked, you know, hand in hand. And um, and uh, you know, I uh, qualified that first year. You know, um, and then um, and then I was kind of I was in the top five for the first few years. Uh, you know, at an early age, all the all the way up to you know my um, probably early twenties, and uh, kind of. Um, then I uh, decided to le- leave, and you know, I mean, to cut a long story short, I kind of burnt out, um, mm. too much travelling, and uh, kind of, you know, uh, a lot of success, um, a lot of partying, and um, mm. you know, and uh, I just got homesick and um, living out of a suitcase. Uh, <coughs> I decided to, um, excuse me, yeah, decided to go home one day, I didn't actually tell, um, I didn't tell my boss Gordon Merchant at the time, and uh, it was actually, a, by that time, you know, there was a team of, um, of Billabong, there was about four or five of us, uh, mm. team riders. You know, we had a coach and, um, and uh, you know, um, that I wasn't really, uh, you know, I'd already had a lot of success, so, so I wasn't really getting coached, so to speak. Um, I would rush, much, much I wasn't really with for the coach much. I mean, obviously, if I did, I, he wouldn't have let me go home. I actually snuck home on a flight from uh, uh, from LA to Sydney. They were all heading to LA to um, to Paris, to Bordeaux, to compete over there in the south of France, and um, I'd already been there uh, a couple of times, um, you know, and um, I loved it. You know, you know, summer in France is uh, epic. Uh, Mm. Even though it's pretty graining, long days, you know, and um, it doesn't get dark there, and they're sun until about
0: ten or eleven at night. So. Sorry, mate, I've just lost you there a bit. It's just got a bit muffled there, Mark.
1: Yeah, but uh, that's better. You know, it was it, you know, it, it was fun over there. You know, a lot, a lot to, you know, a lot, a lot to do and a lot, a lot to look at. You know what I mean? And um, sure. But uh, you know, but um, I was not into going. Um, I snuck at home and um. And uh, just yeah, wanted to live the quiet life, and I and I did that. Um, you know, the hardest part was calling Gordon um, after getting home, which I you know didn't do for a few days. I knew I had to make that phone call, but he understood. And uh, you know, before you know, before I knew it, it was a few a couple of years that I'd uh, kind of let slip away, um, put on a lot of weight. Uh, didn't leave home much. Um, didn't surf much. Surfed a little bit, but um, but yeah, they. I'd have to definitely call them the down days. I mean, I was kind of happy in my own little bubble, but um, but you know, I, I, it was time for a break. How old were you then, mate? Yeah. So I reckon I was in my early twenties when I did that. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, so early nineties. Uh, yeah. I just. Um, yeah I didn't come back for a while you know I uh I um put on a lot of weight and then I kind of lost the weight I, I, I tried to requalify, and um I, I can put on weight and lose weight quite quickly if I you know if I really put my mind to mm-hmm. to what I mean not put my mind into putting on weight I, I don't mean to do that um <laughs> that just comes with laziness and uh yeah. you know and eating bad food but um yeah. uh and not taking care of myself, but, you know, when I put my mind to, to lose weight, I can lose it quick, and uh, I did that, um, you know, in, in, um, and tried to make it kind of passed away, like, uh, in kind of mid-year trying to requalify, and I was requalifying. but as soon as that news um, hit me, I went home again. And kind of put the weight back on pretty quickly. And um, who was that mate, and, uh, so who,
0: who who passed away? Was it your father?
1: My father. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Right. Yes. Shit. Yeah, it's a long time ago now. Mm. Um, but you know, it hit me pretty hard. And um, at the same time, there was a couple of good friends that had passed away. It was a hard time in my life, really. And um, you know, I moved up to the Gold Coast then, and uh, and um, you know, I was struggling a bit with alcohol then, you know, and um. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, I mean, you know, alcohol got introduced into my life at a pretty young age, you yeah. know, um, yeah. with winning events and um, kind of hanging out out with uh, the older crew when I first went on tour. You know, that was just uh, the culture, really, you know, and, um, you know, like the Australian culture is. And, um, and uh, you know, and travelling to events, you know, like... Um, you know, after having a lot of wins, there was a lot of parties, but, uh, mm. you know, so, you know, the alcohol kind of, kind of was a problem, and, um, but, you know, like, I, I, uh, you know, after putting the weight on the second time, I was up on the Gold Coast, and, um, and I met a really nice lady, my first marriage, um she was actually a drug and alcohol uh, counselor, and it suited me down to the ground. Really, yeah, she was a beautiful lady, yeah. and uh, you know we lasted to, for ten years. And um, and uh, and Gordon um, saw my progress, and um, it was funny, you know, back then he was actually going out with her sister for a little while, her elder sister, and um, which was uh, you know she was a fair bit younger than him, but um, yeah. but uh, that didn't last a whole long long time, but. Uh, but you know, um, I was trying to hide from Gordon actually, and um, you know, when Gordon started seeing me because he was going out with my um, <laughs> my partner's sister, he noticed how big I was, and you know, he he, he you know, Gordon was all time. He still paid me through all that time when I wasn't on tour, mm. and um, and you know, just believed and and believed that I was gonna, you know, um, kind of not so much make a comeback, but lose the weight, you know, and. Um, and when he asked me to do that, you know, it wasn't to get back into competition. It was just, you know, back then it was, um, you know, before social media, you know, they used to use, uh, you know, um, use me in ads, uh, mm. you know, surfing good waves and nice and fit in, in their board shorts, you know, uh, if it was Hawaii or, mm. or you, know, um, you know, or big waves over in the West, Western Australia or wherever it may be, even up here on the Gold Coast, I mean, their, their advertisement in surf magazines back then was huge, you know, and um, mm. that's what sold the shorts and uh, the clothes and um, you know, and um, back then uh, you know, it was uh, Free surfing was a different thing to compared to competitions and that's what he wanted me to kind of do and I, I did that uh, made a few movies, um, you know, under under a guy called Jack McCoy who um, who filmed them um, Billabong funded them and uh, we made it some great surf movies uh ones um uh green iguana bunyip dreaming um these mm. are all old movies that you could probably find on youtube but uh mm. back then they were on um cassettes or you know dvds and then um you know and uh they even made a um a movie later on in my life called the documentary which uh, kind of led up to my comeback which i haven't got into yet you know because mm. um you know the comeback came after you know, um, after losing the weight, when Gordon asked me to, you know, I went to went to the West um, where we, you know, where Jack McCoy lived, and we done a lot of filming over there, and um, I lost a lot of weight over there, running, you know, getting really fit, running and uh, eating well, and um, surfing a lot, and mm. and um, you know, stayed over there for months. Actually, um, Jack actually filmed me, kind of, you know, even from when I was uh, pretty big to losing the weight to. The surfing really well again, you know, and um, mm. and then, and then Billabong um decided to do these uh, things called uh, uh the Billabong Challenge, which um, which was uh, they invited uh, the best surfers in the world to come and compete, way up there in um. Oh, sorry, that's a bird on my balcony. <laughs> uh, yeah, way up there in the northwest, um, a place called uh, Nalu, which is uh, about a twenty-hour drive from Perth, up mm. up in the northwest. Uh, beautiful, left, heavy left-hand point breaks. Um, mm. uh, and we filmed a couple of challenges there. Kelly Slater came to them, and Rob Machado, and some big names back then, Sonny Garcia. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, and I I I don't think I won those, but I think I place well i got a couple of seconds but you know to cut that long story short i um eventually came back to the gold coast and um and i uh, was really fit again and i thought um you know i you know i might try competition again and mm. i did and uh, you know it snowballed from there you know i um you know I, I went in one event i think it was the billabong pro and i, I done quite well i didn't win but um but uh, but Hawaii was next, and so um, you know, we went over to Hawaii, and the Pipeline Masters was on, and uh, and I was there, and I um, and I actually won the Pipeline Masters in my, in my uh, in my first part of going on tour. Mm. Um, I was invited to that contest and and won it. So Jeez. so uh, that's I was only about eighteen years old back then, but um. But, you know, back then I was, you know, in the late twenties, early thirties and um they decided to give me a wild card into it, which I actually got into the trials and made it through the trials and um and made it all the way to the final. Um, this is my first real big event that uh made it to the final and Kelly Slater beat me in the final but um mm. that was uh the day I decided I wanted to uh requalify and you know, which was that was the last event of the year and I was staying with Gordon, Merchant, and I said to him, you know, I wanted to, you know, requalify, and he didn't think it was a good idea. You know, he said, if you don't make it, you know, it's not a good look. You mm. just made the final of the Pipeline Masters. Obviously, back then, the way, you know, that you re nothing like Pipeline, you know, they're all small waves, mm. mostly small wave venues, and um, he just thought it wasn't a great idea that I go back to the grind, you know, competing in small waves. If I don't make it it wouldn't be a good look for me or Billabong. But yeah, um yeah. but I persuaded him and uh, you know, and just kinda of said I'm doing it anyway and I did it and uh and I just requalified that next year. And um and then the next year after that, uh, you know, like when you in four man heats, which is which is quite difficult, you know. Um but um when you get back onto the main tour it's uh just you know, competing against one other guy, which is man on man, which I was used to mm. from my first, you know, stint on tour for those first few years that I did it. You know, um, with all that success, uh, that my very first year, I, I actually did get, um, I did land up in second behind Kelly Slater um, in the in the world, uh, mm. and um, you know, so it was uh, it was great to be back, and um, and then. Um, the very next year, I think it was when I won my world title, and that was 1999. Yeah, so I made the comeback in like 1996, 97. Um, mm, okay. I think 98 was uh, yeah a good year, and then 99 was the the year I won. So I mean, the comeback, you know, uh, was uh, the best thing I ever done, really. And um, you know, mm, so um, pretty incredible know, it was a journey.
0: Well, Jes, you, you could have uh, you could've kept bumming around and uh probably not doing much with yourself and uh taking it easy, but you know, full credit to you for for, you know, just wanting to to make some changes in your life and, and move forward again.
1: Yeah, well I mean, you know, I mean, it's uh it's a tough one, you know, I mean you know, like uh I love getting fit and um I love seeing um you know, just that uh, you know, as soon as you kinda put a few couple hard weeks in and you, you see some results and, you know, you just keep at it. Um, mm. I really like doing that and I've done that a few times in my life, um, you know, probably, oh, geez, half a dozen times now. And, um, you know, the two huge times, um, like the times I've talked about, I got pretty big, but um, my weight has fluctuated. I mean, you know, I, I can't really, you know, I can honestly say, I mean, you know, it was a, you know, if it wasn't for Gordon saying, you know, like uh, we can't, you know, I can't really um, justify paying you anymore. You know, when I was really big back in the day, if he didn't say that, mm-hmm. who knows what I would have done? You know what I mean? Um, would I have got off my arse and done it myself? I don't. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but um, you know, but like before that, I did try and come back. Like I, you know, like I said, and when my father passed away, that put a stint in it. Um, I reckon. I reckon maybe I would have. You know, I you know I didn't like being overweight, and um, and uh, you know it wasn't great. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, it used to give me anxiety, and uh, and uh, and stuff. Even you know, and then make me a bit of a hermit, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but you know, I mean, um, you know, I stayed on tour uh, after winning my world title. Um for another, you know, seven or so years, you know, with a bit of success. But um, probably uh, I was resting on my laurels, you know, I didn't really have another good crack in another title. Uh, it was just great back then because um, the tour wasn't as busy, you know what I mean? We only had an event like every kind of once a month and they were always in perfect waves. It was the dream tour. Mm. We competed in, uh, you know, everywhere from Tahiti to Fiji to, uh, you know, to um, Indonesia and we had all really good events, uh, South Africa's Jeffrey's Bay, all the world-class events, Hawaii, that's all we went to, so, I, you know, I was kind of said to myself, I'm not going to leave the tour until I got kicked off, which I kind of eventually did split that off off um out of the, you know, um, out, I didn't make the cut one year and then that was it, I mean, you know, uh. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was a tough, I mean, it wasn't tough, I really enjoyed the last few years on tour, but the alcohol again kind of came into it, you know, I would, mm. I would uh, it was hard, you know, because I didn't like losing, so I used to have a big drink, you know, to drown the sorrows, and then if I had a win, I'd be, uh, you know, um, <laughs> celebrating, so, yeah, when I left the tour, I did leave on um, the tour with, a you know, definitely an alcohol problem, I've only, um, I've only uh, kind of, what would you say, um, gotten onto it um, the last few years. I gave up drinking about four years ago, and uh, yeah. I'd almost be making another comeback, right, mate, like because I'm all <laughs> down to the, you know, like now that I'm beer, I'm all fit again and surfing probably more than I was back when I was, you know, on got two of those like, last mm. few years. So I'm a bit old to make a comeback now, in the mid fifties, but um, and I'm definitely gonna say I'm not going to do that. So, Everyone don't get worried. I'm not making another comeback, but, um, <laughs> but I'm loving life, you know. Uh, yeah, loving life, uh, you know, loving life with um your partner and, I mean, well, we've been together six years, but just with all the kids and uh, mm. surfing every day and now that this new venture's come, um, you know, I've been with Surf lakes now too for six years. That's a really exciting business that I get to surf even more, you know, um, when I'm doing demos up there in... Um, up there in uh, the yapoon area rockhampton area where our where our uh, facility is our demo um our prototype and uh you know last few years have been going up there a lot and surfing up there a lot and uh so if i'm not surfing here i'm surfing up there so you know life's great yeah
0: it's a good good a good life to be in mate it's uh, you'd be the envy of a lot of us i reckon to be able to do that consistently we'll we'll talk a bit about more about surf in a tick but yeah with with regards to your mental health now you're in a pretty good space compared to where you were back then where you were sort of all over the place
1: yeah i really am i'm a lot more mature you know and i realized that uh you know once all the partying kind of stopped i was left with the with the alcohol problem at all, and that started at a young age, like I said, it was a an Australian culture thing. And I mean, you know, only you know, there's probably uh, you know only half the people, you know, really that have got a firm grip on that, you know, and the other half kind of think they do, they probably don't. But um, mm. alcohol is a real problem in Australia, you know. I mean, you can get it anywhere at any time, and uh, yeah. for me, it's a no-no. You know, I mean. Um, uh, I even actually, to tell you the truth, over Christmas and New Year, I had a bit of a health scare, and and I thought I'd have a little bit of a drink again, and I um I was going okay for about a month, having a bit glass of wine with the misses, but mm. then Christmas and New Year's, a couple of parties set in, and I went south real quick. So yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah it only lasted a couple of months, and um, i I knocked it on the head again, and mm. I can't go back there. Yeah, I, I tested the waters, and it didn't work. Um, mm. But um, yeah, there's just some people. Um, yeah, it's just uh, no good for me. Yeah, so yeah. I've worked that out, and the, you know, and even you know, I mean, every day really, you're gonna kind of, you know, know what you know, know what you can't do and can do, and um, mm. yeah, so mate, you know, life's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, but, but you're right because it's 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 such a hard one because it's pushed us all the time, <laughs> isn't it? Drinking it's such part of the culture, but. They're not doing much to try and deter us. It's advertised everywhere. It's everywhere you go. So it's a hard drug to actually kick and get away from.
1: It really is, you know. I mean, my, you know, uh, even when I left the tour, my job being an ambassador for Billabong, you know, I'm always, you know, like going uh, to functions or taking, um, you know, retailers or reps to dinner and, you know, Mm. like it's always, you know, it's always a thing, you know. I mean, I... uh, And so, you know, I mean... I, you know i've I've switched to the you know the beer up to soda water, and soda water's my choice of drink and i and i and I love it, you know and and it was great. It was working for four years. I mean it was just uh, a bit of a health scare that I think I've got on top of, and um you know, I just tested the waters again, and uh, mm. it's just not for me, you know yeah. I mean yeah it's uh, it's a bugger of a thing, you know, like I can see a lot of people struggle with it, and you know they don't address it, and you know I mean. And you know, and other people do, but uh, you know, I mean, not a, not a whole lot really do address it when they should be addressing it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, there's a fair few people out there, like my partner, and they can have a couple of drinks and um, and be fine, and um, you know, and uh, and even go to a party and have a few drinks and still not carry on with it, but i'm not one of those people <laughs>
0: mm, no that's true mate and everyone's different and you know you really need to be proud of yourself for, for standing up and sort of you know saying look you know i i'm better off without it," because uh yeah you know, a lot of people don't have the courage to do that
1: yeah yeah thanks cheers
0: but mate it's um it's one of those things like you know yeah once you've once you've sort of given yourself some time then your body's not craving it as much and uh then you can go to a social gathering or whatever, and, and just not even think twice about it. But I suppose it's that early part where you're sort of still a bit anxious, and that where yeah, it settles yeah. you. It settles you down.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, I tried a, a couple times, you know, and it, it was tough. And um, once I got it right, and um, definitely the first part is hard. You know, it's so, you know, you do feel uncomfortable being out, and you know, especially when you've got friends that are so used to seeing you drink and they go like where's your drink and you know like and you got to explain yourself and it's not easy mm. um you know but you know once once you know after six months it gets easier and then um a few months and you know and, and then you just and then you know and then you just start feeling so much better you know you mm. your health and everything and you know you start losing weight and um you just feel the benefits and uh I've always been an early riser. I always was when I was young and um and then through the kinda of, you know, um and I always was, but you know, it was always a hangover that would always get the better of me and um you know, and if I did have a hangover the first thing I'd be doing is trying to go for a drink and you know and um mm. And then you never really get away from your hangover. But, uh, you know, these days, um, you know, I just wake up super early and uh, just make the most of every day. It's great.
0: You know those hours early in the morning, it's so peaceful and and your mind is more clear then so you can, you know, be more connected with yourself. If you're hungover, then it's pretty hard to to, uh, function uh, without sort of, you know, having a stimulant to get you going again.
1: No, it's a horrible feeling and, um, Mm. yeah, it's... uh, worse i mean you know like you've got to try and sleep it off or you know you just you, know, you feel like a, a zombie and i don't like that feeling i i wake up at three thirty in the morning and um and uh yeah i do my you know yoga and listen to music and um just go slide on out there you know surfing mm. if there's no surf i'm doing exercise and yeah just enjoying it
0: yeah really uh really pleasing to hear that mate that that's that's very similar to my own own journey in many ways you know like i i get up nice and early do do just exactly that i don't surf but uh certainly exercise and meditation and yoga are a big part of my um my framework as well and um you know i I just well they're they're tools aren't they yeah they're they're tools that you can use yeah they're really
1: good yeah i mean you know it's uh constantly you know working on yourself i mean um yeah, I mean, like, you know, surfing's a bit selfish, and I mean, you've got to work on yourself. I mean, you've got to be happy with yourself before you can be, you know, a, uh, you know, kind and good to others. You know, if you're not happy with yourself, it usually reflects on you being not nice to other people. And I don't like doing that. And, um, you know, like those, you know, you know, like I love my yoga and Tai Chi and mm. listening to really nice music, and, um, you know, those times in the morning. and and then just enjoying that sunrise. And yeah, just mm. try and just make the most of every day. It's, uh, yeah, it's just really important. I think especially later on in life, you know, when um, you, know, uh, you gotta take every day and uh, make the most of it.
0: Mm. That's true, mate. And, and you know, investing um, time in the morning, like whether that can be 10% of your day, which is two and a half hours, if you can invest that in yourself, like, the payback is significant, you know, with regards yeah. to what you get from it, but what everyone else gets from it as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, you're right.
0: Ma- mate, so tell us a bit about surf lakes. Like, you know, a yeah. lot, of, lot of people are intrigued because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place you can go surfing without the ocean. <laughs> yes, yeah, really,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, these, uh, these wave pools have been getting really popular. Um, you know, I've always... Uh, I competed in a wave pool when I was first on tour, would you believe? And it was in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We had a world tour event there and the waves were about one foot high and it was ridiculous. Um, mm. This was way before technology came in and um, it was, uh, it was, you know, we shouldn't have been having a contest there. The lightest guy won. Mm. But, um, mm. but, you know, the, that was the start of it, really, I mean. I think I went to Disneyland once and surfed Typhoon Lagoon, and that was a bit better. Um, but then, you know, I think uh, Kelly Slater made the first real wave, and um, and I will never forget that day when they showed that wave for the first time, and I was like, "This is the future," you know. And uh, mm. and since then, there's been some um, some other ones pop up. But surf lates popped up and um, approached me about, oh, well, it was a good five years ago now, five six years ago, and um, Aaron Travis showed me his design and it was completely different than than um, Kelly's or the other the other ones that were around and uh, and uh, I think I I mean I will do remember the first day he showed me on the computer and and it was so kinda uh, high tech I and like I, I didn't you know it looked like too good to be true it just didn't look real um Mm. like this round circular plunger making a circular wave instead of you know like uh you know a wave that um is either comes out out, uh like kelly slater's is 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 done by a train with a big kind of foil like a big Yep. but um this one um and the others are like done by uh Oh, different ways, but you know, they only kind of create one or two waves, but, um, mm. but this one can, uh, you know, do six wave sets, and it's a circular wave, so it doesn't create just one wave, it creates four different wave at the same time, and it's almost like sensory overload. When I saw it, um, I didn't believe it, so I had to, um, I, I actually, you know, rolled the dice and said, yeah, he said, I've got a uh, prototype, which is, in melbourne which is with a with a, um, a very small version a fifth of the size of the one that we ride now mm-hmm. so it only made waves you know like ankle high maybe one foot but i flew down to melbourne and saw it and uh, i was blown away and i just went i said to aaron i said can you really make you know like real waves you know like uh <laughs> like that like what i was seeing and he's like i think i can and you know and i looked at him and he you know like Looked like a mad scientist, you know, like, and I'm like, cause it was just the most far out, trippiest thing I've ever seen. Mm. And I just have to say, I'm in, you know, I'm in, and I, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we raised, they raised the money to build this thing. I remember I was there to put the shovel in and, you know, to turn the first piece of soil to, when they built the thing up there, which, um, is a little, you know, in a little town called, um, Near Kawaral, in between Yapoon and Rockhampton, and yeah, um, yeah. you know, about a year later, you know, uh, <laughs> it was just about finished, and um, a year and a half, and um, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget splitting the first wave. Um, you know, they designed it; I designed the peak, um, and they named it Oki's Peak, and it's a, mm. it's a, it's the best wave in the pool. Um, you know, um, we've got four different waves. We've got a really nice beach break. It's a really nice for learners, and then off his peak, it's just a, a way, a really a way for everyone. Really, I mean, yeah, you have to be a pretty good surfer, but um, it's very challenging. You know, even for a good surfer, uh, it's got a good. You can it's got a good, nice uh, take takeoff on it. You can pull into the barrel if you want and get a really nice barrel, or you can do two or three big turns. Um, mm. It's a great. system uh, just. We're very powerful, really wave surfs really well. Um, and then we've got another wave there that uh, they built for bodyboarders, mm. which is a very heavy wave um, that we call the island. It's a like a slab that you would see on a reef breaker that they surf like, you know, bodyboarders used to surf slabs all over Australia and then surfers started surfing them too. And, and um, this is no different, you know. Uh, the bodyboard out uh, was surfing it and then um i think it was uh, think, uh dean morrison went over there and pulled into it on his surfboard and we went oh hang on we can surf this wave and um then i eventually went over there and uh and done the same thing and um yeah now that's kind of one of my favorite waves in the pool now but obviously it's probably my favorite but uh but we've got yeah four different waves in there that all break at the same time i mean if you see it for your first time, it's like, like I say, sensory overload. You don't know where to look. They all break at the same time. They're all perfect. Uh, the way they, they spit, like the waves in the ocean, like, um, the, especially the island, the slab wave. Like, I mean, you can't, make, you know, like you'd have to be in a serious role to make every wave. Like it'll, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll give you a serious beat down on the concrete there. Um, in the commercial model definitely needs some padding on there because it's
0: um, quite mm-hmm.
1: dangerous um but uh you know it's uh very challenging and, and like i say i've surfed a fair few of the other other um other products other uh you know other other waves and and you tend to get a little bored with them and you know i've surfed at surf lights, uh oh over 30 times now at least and i am never in the slightest bit bored um mm-hmm those waves that we've got there, uh, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, I think the, I think the surf lakes uh, um, system, um, the plunger, it's got a, a, a big, big future. You know, it's got so much potential. It can make uh, the biggest waves. We can make the most waves. We've got the most variety. We've got so much pluses going for us over the other ones. Mm. And the other ones are already super busy and super booked out. So once we get ours going... Mm. Which hopefully won't be too long, um, you know, until uh, uh, till we get a commercial one going. Um, you know, I think uh, we're really going to take over all the others and it's, it's going to be a huge business.
0: Oh, mate, you know, I, I, I'm a stand-up. I'll, I'll be up there tomorrow, actually, so I'll be going out there. But um, pro- primarily uh, for people listening, it's, it's, it's an amazing concept. I really encourage people to Google Surf Lakes and check it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you definitely got to Google it. It's easier to Google surf lakes. and um, you'll see all the you'll see um, you'll see what we're talking about. It's an incredible invention. It's just like, like I say, Aaron Travis, uh, When I first met him, I thought he was a math scientist, and I, I just didn't believe he could do it. I mean, I did, but I didn't kind of thing. And then when it, he did it, I just it, it's incredible. You know, it, it all works on you know hydraulics and air, and um, you know we're using fuel to to do it. But I mean, we could um, definitely build a solar farm and run it on um, natural energy and we're trying to get there and and do it that way. Mm. Um, And um, it's just an incredible, it's a site thesourised. We still haven't, um, we still, you know, you'll see some big waves there when you look at it, um, but we we haven't made it as big as we can. We're holding off. Um, We might do that in the near future. Um, they've learned all about the machine that they've built now, and they're just about to build a new one. And uh, it's going to be uh, twice as strong and twice twice as uh, good as the first one. You know, like the prototype, like a, a prototype is. You know, you learn all about it and build You know, le- learn learn the you know learn all about it and the internet. There, um, uh, got some unbelievable engineers that work on it. This guy, this guy called T- he's. Uh, He's an amazing engineer, and um, mm. he's, got, you know, built his um, own valves, actually, that uh, no one's built before, and uh, mm. it's got, um, yeah, it's, it's got some, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, you, you got to check it
0: out. Oh, mate, and, and really, like, a lot of people listening to this are in regional areas throughout Australia, so I encourage...
1: It looks uh, like it's from outer space, you know, they people <laughs> say it looks like it's out of Mad Max or something, but... Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, the works. thing is,
1: it's real, and um, you know, I mean, the facility that you could build around that pool because it's not a small, it's not a small pool; it's pretty big. And um, mm. if you could imagine uh, restaurants and um, mm. you know bars and um, accommodation around it, pretty You awesome. could build, uh, and you, you know, not to mention the events you could run in it, and um, yeah. you know, it, it's. Uh, your, your imagination goes wild what you could do with it, I mean, mm. if you had that kind of money, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we're talking big money. Um, you know, big money just to get the first one going, really. But uh, but hopefully, um, you know, the others... You know the others have done it, and ours isn't a whole lot more expensive. But uh, mm. yeah, I know it's a whole lot better, and I can't wait till we get get one going commercially.
0: Mate, I reckon the model is tremendous because you know this podcast is pretty much for regional Australia, and um, yeah. a lot of the, a lot of people in those communities. I'd really encourage them to explore, maybe even potentially doing a uh, feasibility study on setting setting one up, because. The, right. the, the impact that surfing has for your mental health is tremendous.
1: But, yeah, it is.
0: But, but also for the community to be able to have... Like I come from a place between Melbourne and Adelaide. If, the, yeah. if there was one of these there, mate, it'd just be such a huge draw card for tourism, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's great. I mean, surfers, uh, you know, like... Um, they're really good surf spots. It's like a meeting place and, like, uh, surf lakes is is kind of like a meeting place you know you get a lot of talented people and a lot of people that are learning to surf and you know everyone kind of just enjoys the same the same waves you know and um at the end of the day they're talking about their waves and they're cheering and hooting each other on waves and um people are making progress getting their first barrel ever and oh it's incredible the energy by the end of the day when when the that that finishes uh the machine finishes running um but the buzz going around there every time is incredible mm,
0: that's it man it's, it's very unique and special and it's something that's, that's manufactured it's not natural like the, the normal circuit i tell you what mate no it's, well, it's uh, not no,
1: it's, no yeah
0: it's, it's the next best thing no. by a bit by a long way. No,
1: yeah i mean the others seem to have that cool kind of um you know, you think you're in a pool. I've surfed Kelly Slater's and it's a bit kind of cross-favorite your because you're surfing right up next to the the train and it, yeah. it, it feels tight. And um, in the other pools, you're, like, stuck in a corner of concrete, but ours, you're in a wide-open area, you know, and um, the machine's a bit intimidating when it goes up and down, but you get used to it. But um, it's such a wide-open pool that it, it's the next best thing for being in the ocean. I mean... You know, personally, I do feel guilty when I go back to the ocean. I have such a spiritual connection with it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I you know, I, uh, I every time I reach the ocean, I always, um, and I've done it for years. I, you know, when the ocean uh, comes to me, when I take my first steps in, in from the beach or jumping off the off the rocks, or um, mm-hmm. I always, uh, you know, to take two steps back when the ocean greets me, and um, just to make sure that the ocean is the a higher power, and I and and I do feel guilty, you know, surfing, you know. But I think uh, it's got a real place, you know. Um, the way the wave pool, takes, you know, the surf lake, uh, and and all the other ones, you know, because the way the surf's getting very crowded. Um, mm. there's no sharks, um, no rips, <laughs> no currents in these pools and in surf lakes, and um, yeah. and uh, and you know, for the for the, there's a lot of surfers in that age bracket from. Mm you know, let's say, 40s to 60s that don't feel like hassling for waves mm-hmm. and they want to surf good waves and the only way, you know, all the good waves around Australia these days are very crowded, um, but they can book a two-hour mm-hmm. session in at Surf Lakes and get perfect waves Every time. all by themselves, you know. They can book it out and, uh, you know, and um, these surfers, you know, in that age bracket are usually quite, you know, have got a lot of money and, I mean, you know, and uh, they, they'd probably book out the pool for you know, they're exclusive, um, and their mates and, uh, get as many ways as they can and, um, and get any way they want. And there's a, there's a big market out there for that.
0: Mm. Oh, for sure, mate. Absolutely. Like anything where you can get consistency, like you're getting, you're getting, um, the same result every time, you know, I think that's really what people want and need. And, yeah. um, you know, mate, I just think it's such an amazing model and an amazing concept that, um you know this is just the start of it mate you know you what are you 55 now 56 you
1: yeah yeah
0: 55 <laughs> you got you got another 20 years or more probably a lot more surfing on one of these things I've thought so the uh the future's looking yeah, well, pretty, yeah, pretty good. I mean
1: hopefully I mean you know like uh you know in a few years time I hopefully I'm traveling around the world opening these things up and um, yeah. showing them you know showing them how to ride it you know it's uh and uh just that's my role as, uh, you know being um, an ambassador for surf lakes, and, um, you, know, uh, you know, there'll be an office peak uh, in all of these ones uh, around the world, and I'll be there opening them and showing them how to surf it, uh, mm. doing demonstrations. I mean, you know, I mean, the future is huge, and, uh, you know, I mean, when, when I mention those, you know, that age bracket from 40 to 60, there's also the pros that can come and practise their technique. I mean, my son does it. Uh, he comes up nearly every time, and... He's on the World Qualifying Series, like I said, and he can just practice his airs because you know the section's there every single time. You can't get that in the ocean. Yes. You know, you got to um, put hours in to, to get that, um, you know, that section that you that you want to practice on. Um, but in the surf waves, you can practice your technique. Um, we've mm-hmm. got that slab wave that... Uh, that um, it, It's a lot like... Uh, that wave in Tahiti where the next Olympics is, you know, the next Olympics is in Paris mm. and, uh, and the surfing side of it's going to be in Tahiti which is a French island and um, and we've got a wave uh, that resembles that a lot and we had some Australian athletes come and practice up there recently and they loved it. Mm. So uh, we've got a lot of things going for surf lakes, just, um, yeah, it's incredible.
0: Well, mate i'm really grateful for the chat and i'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that will jump on the surf lakes website and check it out and get yeah. to get to your poon in the future and as i said yeah. this is just to start mate because i think there'll be plenty of these popping up over the next 15 or 20 years yeah so. yeah mate
1: well yeah hopefully yeah well um well uh, thanks for having me <laughs> my pleasure my pleasure yeah good luck with your podcast and um yeah all the best everyone get out there and check it out and uh all those surfers out there, you've got to go check it out all the time, oh, and even if you don't surf, uh, you can uh, learn to surf there with no, you know, no rips, no shafts, and uh, a really pleasant environment, so uh, yeah, get into it, and thanks for having me.